2: In a recent online poll, we asked you, the ATT regulars, how many of you had taken a shit in a wig, and disturbingly, there were way more than I thought there would be. So, to the six of you listening to this, you've got some explaining to do. This time on ATT, we meet a sumo wrestler, a Welsh lesbian and a priest in a cave. Hola, tis me, tis Bubbly, larger than life, lovely face, and other mildly offensive synonyms for fatty, fat, fat. Hello, it's me, Scotty. In case you were confused, welcome back. Together with the ATT crew, we've been pressing the buttons all week for your aural and oral pleasure. So the least you can do is clean your bits. Now, listen. The British Podcast Awards are still running their listeners' thing, and I plan to be saying this until I'm blue in the face. Okay? It's running till September, so brace yourselves. And listen, I know a fair few of you have sent screen grabs of. your vote for us like a marking your homework or something. Very lovely. Very nice. Um, but let's see if we can rob this award from one of the like Love Island bastards. All you've got to do is head to British forward slash voting. We would be eternally grateful. I mean we would be eternally grateful. I mean, there's other things in life I could be grateful for. Lovely little review here from Hare. I think you've written him before and I keep on saying your name, and I don't know if I'm saying it right, so I could sound really ignorant. I'm gonna go Hare on Twitter. RIP Twitter and what reads if I was a billionaire I would make a social media platform based on ATT inclusive hilarious welcoming and hosted by the warm and wonderful Scotty my fave podcast go give it a go ah that's nice I mean I'm invited in on this business affair? I think it's the least you can fucking do. Do you know what I mean? I want, like, a few bob out of it. No, fucking Debbie, you're not having a fucking tenner. Sit there and be quiet. You're lucky I even fucking let you in. She's moaning again this week, fucking chick. Now, you might remember I mentioned this new feature that Spotify have where you can comment on episode and answer polls whilst listening to us. It's all a very modern thing. I think it's for the children that have got no attention span. Well, we asked you if you had friends that you were previously lovers with off the back of our chat that we've been having about how you make friends as an adult well 66.7% of you said you'd shagged your friend (laughs) before they became your friend I am so intrigued is that complicated how does that relationship transition? I mean, that's assuming that it transitions, that you don't just stay friends who have it off. Do you still have it off? I'd love to know that number is coming up a bit later. At After The Tone POD if you want to drop us a little line, a little shout out, a little observation of the show. Or After The Tone POD at gmail.com for anything more long-winded, I guess. Letters of complaint, etc. Right, without further ado, let's dive into this week's Mailbag
3: hiya scotty i'm just in the pub toilets and i was having a piss and i was thinking of you basically earlier on this week i was listening to the radio and on the radio they were talking about how it was pride month and every morning this week they've been doing a queer quiz and someone said on the radio hooray for lesbians i've never felt more seen i just thought bloody hell what a time to be a fucking queer person anyway the second thing is I never really found my queer tribe and um i just wondered if you had any advice on um meeting fellow queer people i'm sat in the pub here now and um everyone's talking about their children which is nice isn't it? but you know i'm a fucking gay like i haven't got any queer f- i just i just wish i had some queer friends to talk to anyway any advice
2: oh shit <laughs> Any fucking normal, but do we have any straights that are able to call up? Why am I week in, week out talking to these fucking bunch of Nellies? Thank you so much for your call into this queer safe space. Uh, you know, we really appreciate it. <laughs> and well, let's just start. Hooray for lesbians! <laughs> <Do you> know- <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you're a short term listener to this or you're new to the party. You won't know this, but I'm a big fan of a lesbian and not in a way where it's um, problematic. In a really like, actually, these are my people. I much prefer the company of lesbians. <laughs> I couldn't even say it. Lesbians. I said that's so posh, didn't I? T- tells you the sort of ilk of lesbians I'm going around with, except for you. I can see you in the corner. Now, I do like a lesbian. Do you know what? You know where you are. I I know we're not supposed to tarnish everybody with the same brush, but gay men... There's a certain ilk of gay men I just ain't got any time for. No, no, thank you. No, no. You know, just... They're too neat. You can't trust anyone who's, like, very neat. I want someone who's a bit dishevelled, who's a bit... You know, life has happened to them. Do you know what I mean? No, and a lesbian, we have to move away from these stereotypes, but they are often quite true. If you ever want a Leatherman, you want to ask a lesbian. That is literally the slap line that lesbians, <laughs> all of them, sign up to. If you don't know what a leatherman is, clearly you've never worked in a hardware shop or in theatre. Um So, hooray for lesbians. This is a lesbian safe space, actually. So, there's that. Actually, speaking of which, I once was in mid-Wales and met a lesbian separatist community called McCuntcliffe. <laughs> was just like, well done for using the Welsh language for creating your lesbian sex place. Anyway, by the by. Now, yes, this seems to be running theme of this season, isn't it? Like, how do we find our people? But how do we find our queer tribe? I said in the intro about having it off. I think in queer communities, because we are so sexualized, you know, one for a better word, everything about us is sexualized, You know, the way that we access health, the way in which people say that we interact with the world is, like, hypersexual. And so I wonder if we adopt that, and that's why we make these friendship groups through sex as the sort of way in. Hmm. Also, it's that thing of maybe, like, when you're queer... And you meet another queer person, you think, oh, right, well, that's it, we've got to have it off because that's our compatibility. But I guess it isn't, isn't it? Well, like the Faggy Farm said the other week, and we saw on the internet, they've been going and doing that thing with... um Steady, Doing the camping. Found a group of people and they went camping. But it's finding the group of people. I know wonderful Karis over on the Patreon has been talking about this and been saying, like, there are websites that you can use. I can't endorse them. I can't endorse them because I don't use them. But there's one I think that's called Meetup. And I think our short-term, very long-term regular who was in the past, who I think is now caught up, was talking about um, using a sort of similar website for meeting people. I think there are resources out there. It would just be lovely if it was natural, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Don't I know that fucking ostracization of when you were hanging around the straights? God, the straights love nothing more. They think we're all fucking gay pride. They love nothing more about talking how dull and boring their lives are. They love talking about their children as if they're interesting. Do you know what? From the sounds of some of their kids, I wish I could turn around to them. I wish it was socially acceptable to be like, your kids are fucking dickheads. <laughs> Would love to be able to say that to them. Oh, no, but they love them. And they, you know, they want them to grow up and, like, become dentists. Oh, fuck off. Your kids are just as boring as you. <laughs> the straights, do you know what? The straights love nothing more about talking about being straight. So, you know what? In those moments, feel free to, you know, you could use your... Let's give everyone in the room a Uno card, Okay. I don't know what it means, but I've seen it on the internet. Which means, if any moment's like that, you could just use the phrase, hooray for lesbians. You know, I think we should interject straight culture. I think, you know, I call it culture. Drinking in a pub. <sighs> this conversation, I just don't know where I can help or what how we move it forward. Because I'm fathomed as well about how you meet people. Like, the majority of people that I've met in Manchester are partnered with people, or people that I knew pre coming up here and the only times I did meet people were via the tinders etc the plural noun for filthy apps but you sound like a lovely person yeah oh do you know what everyone is like a regional queer centre don't they Hi, Scotty and
4: everyone. Just started phone up following on from your Sweaty Mary discussion this week about frozen grapes and staying cool. I'm going through menopause uh, in this heat as well, so <laughs> sweat is a go-go. But one thing I've discovered is not a dietary supplement, but um, cooling gel pad in your pants. It's a winner. It's an absolute winner. It calls you right down. It's the ex-sumo wrestler from a few seasons ago, by the way.
2: Thank you so much for the context there. (laughs) I mean, I don't know why knowing that you were... I mean, it's good, you know, and it's lovely to know that you've come back to the room, but I just, I was trying to relate that to the gel pad, and maybe, I don't know. Do you know what I'd love to know about you, ex-sumo wrestler? Is the ins and outs of sumo wrestling... Oh, I bet you've got some stories to tell. The phone lines are open, do you know what I mean? Have you ever had to use call pads down below because of that? I mean, TMI, but... I'm sure many a person has used a cool pad in the nether regions and not because they're going through the menopause. Do you know what I mean? More because they've had too much of the (laughs) menopause. Didn't even make sense. Isn't it annoying that it's called menopause? Oh, give over. Can't they not infiltrate everything? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So, yeah, I've been on the frozen grapes. i tell you what, it's an addiction now. I can't walk past a bunch of grapes. (laughs) And there's a sweet spot, which I found out, which is about three hours. Three hours in the freezer. I've, do you know what? I've, I've, I've turned freezer mad. I have started grating up. Oh, God. Before you all start turning off, I'm sorry. I have started grating up bits of ginger and lemon and lime juice because I thought, oh, that'd be nice in my drink. And I had to have a moment at myself and I thought, God, you're a middle-class, middle-aged hun, aren't you? <laughs> Well, any more of these top tiddly bits... <laughs> no, come on. Uh, for keeping your tiddly bits nice and cool, feel free. I, you know, most people go for the core. Call cool down their central system. But, you know, I guess that, you know, permeates.
5: <laughs> Good afternoon, After the Tone. It's Spooky Scouser here. So, I have a complaint. Are there any doctors out there on After the Tone? Because... Well, surgeons, because when did it become common practice to have surgery and then you're sent home with ibuprofen and paracetamol? As you can probably guess, I had surgery last week and once the anaesthetic wore off, that was some pain. I will just say that. And I had to basically beg to be given codeine. When did this become common practice? And when, since when have you just sent people home? Like, ta ta? You've just had some cuts on your insides. Weird. I just find it really odd. Like, I didn't really want to stay in hospital, but I still find it really odd. And I just want to say a little something about surgery, really, because my God does it humble you, doesn't it? Like, I'm sitting there crying in pain. Like, help me. i'm not really normally a person who is asking other people for help it's not my thing and yeah i'm just like crying at my partner like help me help me help me do this for me do that for me help me get a bath like i was gonna say let's not be too graphic but it's after the tone so who cares there's one point where i couldn't pee and basically that's because of the pain it was in that area that I was had the operation, not the pee area, the other area, and I just couldn't pee, and I had to pee in the bath. Yeah, it's gross, and it humbles you. And it's like you know what? Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, haven't you? There's nothing else you can do. I can pee properly now, so that's nice. But my God, I can't stop going in the toilet.
2: Now, darling, if you think pissing in the bath is a disgusting weird thing well you don't want me to ask the rest of them what they get up to oh some of them they'd be drinking it absolutely filthy mares you just know it i know it from the sound of their voices i meet them on the street and i'm like you're a filthy piss queen ain't you <laughs> i said that as if i was sex shaming anybody i'm not you know comic effect dear now um i tell you what dating someone from the nhs has been did i ever mention that I'd take someone from the NHS. Do I, did I mention that? I'm actually a good person. <laughs> what are you doing for the country? I'm actually taking somebody from the NHS. <laughs> now, it does focus the mind because I'm not a doctor. I'm just going to preface that with that. And if you are a doctor and you're listening to this and you've got some reports back for the Spooker Scatter, please do. But from what I hear, basically, get out of a fucking hospital as quickly as you can. There is some awful statistic that means if you come in in hospital twice in one year, not booked in, you're like 70% going to die. or something. It's like really gruesome. And I was like, why are you telling me this? Why do I need to know this? And essentially, the longer that you're in hospital, the more susceptible you are to basically dying. Isn't that shocking? And it's not, I'm not pointing, you know where I'm pointing the finger. Get your minds out of the gutter. I am pointing the finger at government, people who have placed this system under so much stress that it is able to only do the bare minimum and i mean there might be other nhsc people listening and you might think i'm talking it down you know i'm not i fucking love it But, yeah, I think there's that gruesome reality that I try to get you home because you you often, I think, you repair better at home, you know, in your own surroundings and you mend better. That doesn't mean, you know, this bollocks about the pain. Oh, my God, do you remember the days they used to give you a few extra tablets? Yes, I will have a couple of fucking more tramadol. Yes, please, takes the edge off for life. I think that's the problem. We're all deeply addicted to shit. So, yeah. When you actually ask doctors how does paracetamol work, they can't answer you. Isn't that a marvel? Isn't that bizarre that they've made something that they're like, mm, if, if you're saying it works, good, give it a go. I often think this about my tablets. I was talking about the tablets the other day. <laughs> he likes to them my sweets that I never share because um, they look like strawberry <laughs> and custard. <laughs> I'm like, no, they're antipsychotics. Back the fuck off. And he was asking me, to, can you feel how they work? And I was like... Well, not really. And then actually, the shit really hit the fan the other week. And I had this, that and the other. I can't really talk about much of it. But um, I had quite a few things land on my plate. Like work, housing, just like all of it. And then my family's dog's not very well. He had a stroke. And it all landed in one day. And, and I thought, <laughs> said, said to the pair of them, I was like, do you know what? I think these tablets must be working. Because usually I'd be at death's door right now. But I'm kind of all right. <laughs> It's, it's kind of a marvel, isn't it? But, yeah, access to the medication you need. It's a ball Like You know, I've spoken about that a lot. My God, the hoops that I had to jump through to get me antipsychos. I mean, they should have just listened to this and been like, yeah, she's off a trolley. <laughs> give her what she needs. Yeah, you want the strong stuff, don't you, Kokodomol? Lucky you. I, I can't offer anything here. But I think if there are other doctors who want to give reason to this, talk about pain management, etc., feel free.
4: Hi, Scotty and everyone at the pub. It's Stevie from Colchester. Finished our trip now, our trip away to Croatia. Uh, I think the pinnacle, we went to Montenegro as well. Ooh, The pinnacle was me uh, making my poor daughter <laughs> to visit another monastery. This one was up high, cut into a cliff. Very interesting. And a big like pilgrimage site for all the Balkans. So there was just people there from all the different countries around and they go in like they like go up there on on their knees or barefoot and then they camp up there (laughs) anyway it was really interesting to see like a working pilgrimage site but like I'm not religious at all I don't know why I'm so obsessed with it but where you go in what makes this monastery holy there's a cave and uh, there's a tiny little door and I just thought people are going in I'll go in have a look everyone had come out so I went in, a beautiful little cave, frescoes all around it. I did not expect to see at the end of this tiny little cave where I was hunched over in a priest, all dressed in the black garb, holding a cross. He had a hat on as well and a big beard. And uh, he just looked at me uh, and he looked at the cross and he looked at me and uh, then he told me to kiss it. (laughs) (laughs) I just, in a very Essex way, said, oh, no, not for me, sorry. And then I just sort of backed out of <laughs> the cave. <laughs> anyway, it was very interesting. <laughs> um, so I've been thinking of some uh, drag names, Catholic drag names. Difficult, actually, very difficult. But I had um, Labius Labbius I thought that was pretty good. I mean it's latin you can get away with anything can't you <laughs> all right the end i'll send some sounds of uh, sunny old essex when i get home all right love you guys bye
2: hi hon do you know what i love about this call is And um, basically how common you are <laughs> yeah there was a monastery up in the cliff <laughs> fucking hell we're gonna have to do subtitles on this podcast with you <laughs> Now, the last time bloke, all dressed in black with a beard, beckoned me and said to kiss it, I think I was in a bear bar in Berlin. <laughs> Lucky you, getting the invite up a cliff. Do you know what? I wonder... <clears throat> I'm going in. Has anybody got a Catholic kink? <coughs> You know, like, there was that stupid thing on that flea bag thing about the priest. I'm not talking about that. I mean, like, would you actually have it off with the priest and in the garb? Have you had it off in a church? I mean, is it quite sexy to do it in a confession booth? (laughs) Body of Christ, yes, please. Jesus, in some lights, was a bit of a ride, wasn't he? He, come on now. You know, when he's up there on that cross, you know, just in the little shawl... Giving you what for? Giving you the little eye. Do you know what I mean? Little bit of blood (laughs) pouring down the side of the face. God, I'm really revealing myself. Um, There's a little bit of that that you'd like, come on. Oh, come on. (laughs) Sometimes you see him in the pictures when he's got a bit of blush on. The long blow-dried hair. Do you know what I mean? Bit of mascara. You're like, oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Which saints were rides? That's what I want to (laughs) know. Which saints did you fancy? St. Anthony, I'm gonna go for Googles. I'm gonna see how fit St. Anthony was because in my head, oh, maybe I'm thinking St. Peter. I'm looking at their early selfies. No, not St. Anthony, not with that air do. Uh, St. Peter, I think it's St. Peter. Oh, it's either St. Peter or St. John. St. Peter, <clears throat> semi ride, semi ride in his early days. Um, I'm just trying to find his Snapchat. <laughs> saint john no not the restaurant the the saint saint john's ambulance no i just want to find john the baptist i guess is his name isn't it or is there many johns baptiste let's have a look at him yeah semi ride god he looks a bit like jesus but without the manicure Um, Listen, if there are any fit saints or um, religious figures that you would like to announce, please let me know because I'd like to look up the picture and see if I agree with them. We could do how fit is your patron saint? (laughs) Oh, my God. Super religious people are going to be listening to this and being like, absolutely, sending the complaints in. (laughs) After the tone, pod at (laughs) gmail.com. Don't go changing in times of trouble. What's it struggle? I love you just the way you... I don't, actually. I. I it, Actually, if you did change, I probably wouldn't like you. So that song is actually a lie, isn't it? But don't go changing the channel, please, because still to come, we've got more of your thoughts and friendship, another holiday postcard. I fucking love those. They're so much fun. And a drop of the old spoken word malarkey, it says here. Fuck off. Why are we letting poems in? What is this fucking poetry corner? What do I look like? K Tempest? Right, the phone lines are now open without you picking up the blower. There is no show, is there? So a little bit of effort from you keeps the whole thing moving along. You know by now what to do. All you need to do is open up the WhatsApp, send me a little voice note, please, to this number 0788 200 3420. Thank you to our Patreon gang. Oh, we have a lovely giggle over there, don't we? And um, Callum this week said, "Re Patreon only content. It's a nice little extra treat before the big meal on a Thursday." Yeah, that's very true. We drop the Patreon only calls usually on a Wednesday, as you know, a little amuse bouche chance be a fine thing. Uh, and Lauren says, "I love the Patreon only calls. So please keep them coming." We will do, darling. We will do as long as you keep the pennies rolling in. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Because that's capitalism. Uh, This week's Patreon only call comes from Grey and they're asking for advice on how to feel less anxious in groups. So if you've got any thoughts on that, head to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash after the tone.
5: Hi, Scotty. It's Holly calling, not from Montreal, but from um, Marrakesh. I hope the sounds around me are a pleasant audio scape and not horrible. I, uh, I made a restaurant reservation and grossly underestimated how long it would take to get here. And I'm 45 minutes early, um, and all my friends and family are asleep. So I'm calling you instead. Would love to hear where everybody else is traveling this summer. love to hear what you've gotten up to how is your spanish coming etc and i'm sure i'll uh hear you on the
2: podcast soon i guess all right bye from marrakesh oh marrakesh you're quite fancy really aren't you i didn't have you down as the type i don't know why (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I didn't have you down at the time. Are you going to do like a little tour of Europe? Because it's quite a long way to go, isn't it? I know that people from that side of the world like to, you know, take in the whole continent when they're over this way. So we'd love to know more. Where are you going? If you are going anywhere that is. I do prefer to turn up somewhere 45 minutes early than I would to be five minutes late. That's just who I am. That's how my neurodivergence works. I mean, I'm going away for the weekend. We're going to Wales. Me and the NHS, one. we're just going to go park up somewhere, do a bit of car camping. Yes, dear. A bit of a car camping. Um, Because it's like £4.50. Do you know what I mean? Busman's holiday, as they call it. Is that what they call it? Is that what it is? I will. I mean, I don't drive, so it's hardly a busman's holiday for me. I like to be driven. Um, Marrakesh. As my grandfather would say, don't know the sky above it. I've never been. Don't know what it's like. So, you know, the only thing that we're getting there from you, Holly, in Marrakesh is a bike went past. I mean, I would hardly say it was a postcard. Okay, um, where am I going this year? Well, I am going back to the south of Spain because I do need to pick up the Spanish again. I have, don't tell Teacho. please don't tell Teacho. I've dropped the Spanish a bit because, well, i thought off the few, I went fucking loopy, you know. I can't be loopy in two fucking languages. <laughs> I'd give it a go. I'd give it a good try. Um, so I did just pay for the Duolingo. I oh, know. Stop shouting at me. That is not the best way to learn a language. I mean, it's a way of learning a language. Okay. So, and it's quite accessible to me, etc. So I did just pay for that again because you know I'm going to be going away to that. So that's all. That's all where I'm planning on going. I might pop back to Portugal again. I'm not very adventurous because I've travelled so much for work. God, look at me just dropping that. Yeah, I've travelled so much for work. Um, Nowhere is really calling me at the moment. I know all queers with blue hair at the moment are all like, let's go to Mexico because it's like, you know, in the 90s what Bali was to 20 people. Mexico City is now like where people who drink oat lattes go. So there's nowhere in the world that's going, come here. Do you know what I mean? Particularly because lots of places are quite expensive. But yeah, let's open it up to the room. What are you doing for your holidays, please? I'd love to know. Well, Holly in Marrakesh would like to know, and me by default.
6: Hello! Scotty, producer Jeb, Tim Katmeyer. Oh, that's just my washing machine in the background. It's Jojo here. I've moved around a fair bit, and I miss a lot of my friends that I had when I was a kid that I still have, sorry, I should say. So I've got this little group of friends and we have known each other since secondary school. And before I met them at secondary school, I was sort of being bullied and in with a weird crowd. And so they hold like a real big significance in my life. I don't know what it is about right now that's making me miss those connections. I don't know if it's because I'm heading into my other side of my 30s, like beyond 35. I feel like I just miss them a lot. I do a thing often where I do something for a while, get bored or get, like, despondent about it and then feel like I have to shift. So I was working in London for a while in the arts in, like, a salaried job and I was like, I don't want this anymore. I think my my aunt just died. So I went to live on a farm in Scotland for a while, volunteered there. After that, went back to Brighton where I'm from, was like, I don't want to be here anymore i'm not finished so i moved to southern spain to live in a commune and met my now husband i then went back to brighton and worked as a freelancer and i was like i need to do something else so i moved to edinburgh to do a masters didn't know anyone in those situations but i just kind of threw myself at them whilst not really thinking about the consequences of what it means to move and uproot and what it means to your relationships. And then you realise that you end up making loads more connections, which has been really great. I don't have to keep in touch with everybody that I know. I just have to keep in touch with those people that really mean something to me. Some of my friends are like, oh, I haven't seen you for so long. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, it's okay. Let's just say that we see each other when we see each other. And when we see each other, we give each other everything, you know? But I really miss my nephews, like, so much. Like, it hurts. <laughs> um Yeah, any thoughts? Anyone gone through that when they move away? And having these pangs of, like, for people? Because I live in edinburgh and i've got a lovely garden and like two bedroom flat that i rent if i moved down south i just would not be able to afford it at all so that like my quality of life would be so different so i just keep having to have that conversation in my head about what's the best situation and what compromises do i, do I want to make
2: yeah all right love you lots Oh, hi, friend. We haven't had you in in a while. That's lovely to have you. And wow, God, haven't you travelled? I mean, there's one thing about travelling, as I was just mentioning, Tolly. To you know, having gone to a lot of places. The other thing is about uprooting your life and living there. I want to know about living in a commune in the south of Spain. Please, <laughs> could I go? There's something so interesting here, Jojo, when you're talking and you're saying about yearning for people from the past. My God, if there's anything I don't yearn for, it's people from the past. And, you know, that isn't to say that you haven't had any traumatic experiences. But I think I grew up in, well, I know I grew up in a super homophobic area. And uh, just none of those people are people that I would feel safe seeing now, let alone being friends with, and you know, but the mind does wonder. You're right, suddenly you get to the, your mid 30s, and particularly with the internet at our fingers, the mind does wonder. And I think a few months ago, I remember one Saturday morning waiting for everybody else to wake up because, of course, you know, I could go to bed at four o'clock, but I'll still be up at half past five. That's the way my brain works. Um, having a little nose around on the Googles and just seeing how predominantly all of the boys that I grew up with, like, a lot, like maybe like 14 people were in prison, had been in prison, had been arrested, were in the local paper. And uh, it's difficult because you're like, yeah, well, I mean, the writing was on the wall. But also at the same time, like we grew up in a really violent area. You know, we grew up in a, an area that was quite difficult. But then something I always remind myself was like, well, <sighs> yes, but, you know, I didn't make those choices, did I? Which doesn't mean that no, everybody else can, but do you know what I mean? There's part of that which I'm just like, okay, what is our individual responsibility in that? So yeah, I've never really yearned to be like, oh, I must hang out with them. What are they up to nowadays? Um, There are some people from like early clubbing days that, you know, like you'd see, you know, because I'd go out three or four times a week. So you'd see them three or four times a week and then they like randomly appear like on the the internet or something or just you come into contact with them and you're like, where the fuck have you been? That's the interesting thing about getting older, because you forget about people as well. People that you had dalliances with, encounters with, moments with. So I don't yearn, but I wonder if other people do. Mm. Jojo, I want to know more about your time in the south of Spain in a commune, honestly.
7: Hey Scotty, Jake here. It's the 2nd of July, the day after Pride in London, which was... Mad busy, I was working 15 hours, hence the croaky voice. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you for your reaction and response to my first um, note that I've just heard back, so I am catching up. I'm almost there, I'm almost there, I'm almost present with you. And I wanted to, you're gonna hate this, but I wanted to read a spoken word piece that I've performed a few times now about being HIV positive and kind of the story, I think. So here goes. I used to look for love in all the wrong places. Sometimes I didn't even look at the faces. I didn't care about the wide open spaces or think about the void I was replacing with faceless, nameless individuals. I didn't know that I was acting the fool. I thought I was cool. I used to look for love as an act of rebellion. Inside I was yelling, but my actions were telling a story that didn't have any meaning. Despite the emptiness I was feeling, I didn't stop to think about the meaning of my selfish actions. The distractions were a reaction to something I'd hidden. I didn't know who I was kidding. I used to be attracted to the danger, the stomach-churning thrill of meeting a stranger. The first time you play with fire is always the worst, and I vowed that I'd give up the curse that I put in myself, the constant playing with my health. Gambling with the ever-diminishing wealth of my luck for a quick, easy fuck. Then reality hit me like a truck. I used to think that it wouldn't happen to me, those three letters, V. I was invincible, unstoppable, indestructible. I was wrong. I was fallible. My world crashed down around me. The walls closed closed in and trapped me. And there in that room of the clinic, I felt sick to the pit of my stomach. Self-worth began to plummet. I used to look for someone to blame, someone to share the burden of shame, but that was admitting, that was the confession and to be honest I didn't want the attention, something I didn't want to mention. Hey fellow, do you remember me? I've just been told I've got HIV. I used to hide my diagnosis from family and friends, the anger, the tears and judgement, scared of being condemned. I don't want you to die, well neither do I. Let's, discuss, let's not discuss how or why, no please, there's no need to cry. I used to think that a positive diagnosis was a negative prognosis. It took me time to see, but something shifted inside of me. A slowly realised epiphany. That negative is now my positive, and I'll live my life in the opposite direction. I've given my mental and emotional health the wealth of love and protection. I'm not ashamed to mention, I used to be negative, but now I'm positive. Thank you, Scotty, for giving me giving us a platform us widows and mentals thank you to tim cat and Maya, all of you for putting this together it's such a amazing sacred space and i hope it continues love you lots
2: oh hi gorge well do you know what fine i'll let some poems in <laughs> Thank you so much for revealing so much of yourself, and I'm so grateful. My God, I feel like the pressure is off now. <laughs> it's like, Jake was going to be the litmus test for this year's season, right? Of <laughs> like, will Jake just drop off? Will Jake continue <laughs> listening? <laughs> so we've made it, everybody. We've made it as entertaining as possible. That Jake is almost in the current tense. The pre. The. the, the nah. <laughs> oh, how touching, how glorious and uh, how moving, actually, to have such a concise story and your experience and uh, finding the reclamation and finding peace and understanding yourself and it and HIV better. And, um, well, there's nothing I can say in response to it, apart from to thank you, because... I wonder who else listening needs to hear that. And I think that's an overall gift that all of you give. Any of you that pick up the blower, you all give this gift to somebody that you don't know. You all offer something and you think it's menial or small and sometimes it feels profound and perhaps hopefully that you know it's profound. But you all offer each other something. So it's not us. We're literally just the phone lines to... (laughs) With the phone lines and the waffle in between. With a conjunctive tissue, dear. The connectivity is between you all. And I deeply mean that. I honestly really mean that. So, well, fine. Right, we'll let a few more poems like that in, if we have to. Jake, always a pleasure. Never a chore, darling. And I really say that. What a wonderful way to end, eh? What a glorious moment. I mean full of such vulnerability and honesty and I'm you know I don't want to detract from that at all but beautiful piece of writing absolutely beautiful more of that please lovely show we're picking up a few conversations they're all on the go aren't they largely this season's about friendship connectivity isn't it there's something there And, and, you know, I always think the best ones are when I've got no fucking answer for them. Because I don't know either. We're all going to try and work it out with each other. Remember, that number is always close by. You can find it uh, in the description box of each episode or on the direct link on our social channels. Or, you know, just listen out for it within the episode. At After The Tone P-O-D. So what are you waiting for? Come on, we're a community of friends and we're waiting for you. A massive congratulations this week. Go to Caris in Salford. Remember they called up a bit tipsy after a non-monogamous date the other week. Well, Karis um, writes, I may have just had a fab second date with that person, dot, dot, dot. Oh, you can't just leave us on that and not give us the gas. God, what a cliffhanger.
4: Tone after the turn.
2: After the Tone is produced by Debbie Kilbride, Vice Producer Tim Banno, Assistant Producer Maya Miller-Lewis. ATT is a Debbie production.
0: Hold up. What was that?